Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you We thank you, Father, for your word that you are blessing us with today. We thank you, Father, for your presence over us. And Lord, we ask that as we, we hear your word over the next half hour or so, Lord God, that your presence will be here. And that, Father, you will minister to people specifically, Father Lord God, exactly for their for themselves, for their families, for their nations, Lord. We ask that your will be done in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And thank you for indulging me. If you're, you're at home and watching online, you could go back to the couch and, and, and lie down. So um, it, we, we've, we've gone through, uh, I, I think all of you will agree with me that as, uh, I mean, I'm, we're, I know you're watching online for some of you, but we're physically in London, the United Kingdom, and we've, we've experienced a, let's call it an interesting year. Um, and I think the world over, we've, we've, we've done, done the same. And here at Jesus House, we've, we've gone through our a POG conference where we, you know, the theme was the altar. And then over the last um, few months, we've, we've, we've heard um, an awesome message from our senior pastor, a series of messages about, about the heart. And sometimes, and, and actually just to, to mention, uh, if, if you're watching online, especially if we in the first service, we had Pastor Siam who, who gave an awesome message about the reset. And I, I'll encourage all of you here in the second service, if after 3 p.m. you could watch, watch that message online because I feel it will speak to, to each of us. But with everything that God has deposited in us, um, sometimes we forget to ask the question, okay, so now that we've got all of this wonderful message and wonderful word, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? What's the purpose for it? And so the title of my, my message, leading up from all of what we've, we've had this year so far, is, so what's next? So what's next? Ask the person next to you, what's next? No. Ask the next person, what's next? All right. And to start off, I'm going to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, in the Amplified Classic. Reading from verse 1. The Bible says... Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence, the appointed course. Everybody say the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, 
despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And verse 3 says, just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. Say, in comparison with your trials. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of, of his word. So this scripture just, just talks about, uh, it, it talks about a few things, but the bottom line is it, it starts off by saying, therefore then. So there's, there's something. And I started off by talking about the messages that we've heard about the heart, um, what God has been doing this, this year, the fact that there is a, a convulsion going on. And, and if, if, for those who pray a lot, and I'm praying, you all look like you pray, right? Yeah, no, you all do pray, right? Some, some of you are not so sure. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but if, if you pray and you, you're, you're sensitive to things in the spirit, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, even if you're not spiritual, there's a lot of convulsion going on in the world, yeah? Can we all agree on that? Okay. And if you're praying, you will notice that there, there's, there's a changing happening. And as we look to God's, as we look to God's word, God, God prepares us. You know, we, we serve a kind God. He, he kind of always knows what's going to happen. You know, the Bible says he sees the end from the beginning. You know, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And nothing takes God by surprise. And we then have this scripture that is encouraging us to encouraging us about the fact that we have, we have people supporting us. We, we have the whole host of heaven, and it's encouraging us to act, to do something. And after you've heard so much about the heart, after God has prepared your, your, your body, your mind, your, your spirit by his grace, you know, what, what should, should you do? We, we heard a, uh, we've heard messages about kindness. How many people believe they're kind? Okay, some of you do. Uh, I'm hoping online you, you, you do as well. How many people can ask somebody if they are kind and fully expect that person to say that they are? Okay, if you're sitting beside your husband or your wife, let's pray that you actually <laughs> do that. But you, you know, we are God's people. We are called by his name. We are representatives. And there is... Like I said, there's a, there's a changing. And how many, how many people have been to Buckingham Palace here or, or know about it? Yeah, I think most of you do. There's, there's an event called um, every day, virtually every day, called the changing of the guard. And this is where there's the, the, the well, the king's guard, um, as it is now, uh, the, the troops that guard the king, they, they're on a shift. And then there's a transition where there's a change. In the spirit, there's actually a transition happening in life. And, and the truth is, even in life, our lives, we are going through periods of transition. Pastor mentioned about the, the schisms of the cost of living crisis. There is a, a transition that is, is causing lots of eruptions. And we need to be prepared as God's people for this change, for this transition. And we have been prepared but then the problem is that 
we don't know what's next. So you've, you've heard this word about the heart. You've heard about resetting. But then what do you do with it? Say to the person next to you, what's next? And it's important to ask God what is next. Because when we go through periods of transitions and inflections, when there's a, a changing of the guard, that's the period where things are at risk. So if you imagine some of those soldiers, there's, there's a precision to how they have to act, to how many steps they take. They take it in sync to how they hold their weapons, to, to what they do. Because if not, something happens. And so when the enemy wants to attack, he attacks at the point at the changing of the card, the period that we're in now. And so we need to know from God what is next. I'm going to share a couple of personal um, things with, with, with you. Um, so why is timing important? So when, um, you know, God's blessed me with, with a, a, a lovely wife and a, a wonderful family. And I remember as, as I was, the Holy Spirit reminded me about this time. So when we started, um, when I, you know what I mean, when I was getting to, well, wanting to get to know her, I kind of instantly knew I'm going to marry her. So, and, and I remember the dates when I first asked her out, the 31st of December. I'm not going to tell you the year, but we've been married for almost 20 years. So it was a long time ago, we thank God. But I was going to then, you know, good guys, you do the right thing. So I was going to go and meet her, her mom and say, okay, um, I'd like to marry your daughter. That's exactly what I was going to do. I was going to go up to a lady that I'd never met and say, I'm going to marry your daughter. Is that okay? How many uh, parents would, you know, I'm a parent now, so I know how I would react if someone came and, and that's the first time. So fortunately, God puts the right people around you if you submit to him. So a friend of mine, um, I don't know how many people remember Pastor Tunde Balogun, who used to uh, be an associate pastor here, but he spoke to me, spoke to Pastor Tunde, and then they told me, you cannot go and do that. You can't go to someone and say, I want to marry your daughter. They've never met you. You haven't, they don't know where you've come from. And, and, and they would just think that you're a lunatic, right? But, but hey, but I was clear about what God said. But the timing and the process, that's why it's important to know what is next. Because what I could have done was I could have gone into a situation and created an issue that was unnecessary. I, I, I would have had to be, I mean, uh, my, my sister-in-laws are in this church as well. So they, they, they would have probably thought, okay, we thought you were okay, but you probably are, are a bit weird. So, so it's important to know what's next. So I want us to just spend some time, probably the next 15 minutes, talking about the steps and the signs, the seven steps and signs to know what is next. God has given us so much. God has fused us in. And he's, he's giving us the intelligence that there's something happening. What's next? Seven steps and signs. First, his written word. Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. The Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's God's word. That is the first sign. We need to look at the written word of God to know what's next. And you know the beauty of it? 
You don't need anybody to know the written word of God. Just pick up your phone, your tablet, your Bible, if you have a physical Bible still, and you read the word, and the Holy Spirit ministers the word to you. And out of that written word, you get a sense of what's next. So say to the person next to you, what's next? The written word of God will tell you part of that. Second point, how does God show us what's next by specific instructions specific instructions from the holy spirit turn with me to the book of acts chapter 6 reading from verse 6 acts chapter 6 verse 6 let's read together these they presented to the apostles who after prayer laid their hands on them verse 7 and the message of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples and multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, beside a large number of the priests were obedient to the faith in Jesus, through, the, through, through whom he has obtained eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. Verse 8. Now Stephen, actually, I think I may have given you the wrong scripture. Apologies. Let me just revert to my notes. I think it is Acts chapter 8 I was looking at. This is the, the joys of, of tablet technologies that when you, you copy it down onto physical notes, sometimes you've written down the wrong thing. Sorry, it's 16. It's Acts 16 verses 8 to 10. I'm, I'm just going to read. So passing... So passing by, I'm going to read in the New King James translation. So passing by Missa, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night of a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had the vision, immediately he, he, he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach to them. But if I, if I back up to verse 6, um, which is the, the, the point that I'm going to make about specific instructions. The Bible says in verse 6, Now when he had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. In verse 7, After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. You know, this is Paul, Apostle Paul. This is, you know, how many of you... No, Apostle Paul, and I mean, no, you, you know, the, you know, the, the, you know, there, there's some people and there's some, let's say there's some men of God that have a presence, right? Do you guys know any of those? Yeah, yeah? no. Okay, cool. So when you have a presence, you know, your, your, your name goes before you. So Paul was someone who the, the, the evil spirits were terrified of because he knew the word of God. He knew himself. He knew who he was in Christ. And but he also had the wisdom to always consult the Holy Spirit. And as he was going about his travels and, and carrying the gospel around the whole of Asia, the Holy Spirit told him not to go into specific regions. I mean, Pastor Phil, we, we, we're meant to be evangelists, right? And, and I know, you know, Pastor Phil can preach to any, anyone, you know, anyone, anywhere. And can you imagine a scenario where Pastor Phil has an opportunity to, to preach the gospel and doesn't. But he might not do that because he's getting specific instructions for the Holy Spirit. You know, when you need to know what's next, 
you need to get specific instructions from the Holy Spirit. Paul, Apostle Paul, got specific instructions. And if you don't, sometimes we, again, like my example, I might, you might do things that you, you shouldn't do because you're out of season, you're out of, out of step with what God has planned. Remember the, the verse we started with in Hebrews 12. There is a specific course for each of us. Each of you, God has laid out your life. And you have to get that specific instruction from the Holy Spirit. Point three, the third step. So seven steps, we're on point three. By obeying the last instructions. Amen. By obeying the last instruction that God has given you. And I'm going to go to the book of Jonah, chapter 3, reading from verse 1. Jonah 3, verse 1. And the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, verse 2, please. Go, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach and cry out into it, the preaching that I tell you. Bit of background. Jonah had been given this word before. And what did he do? He decided that I am not interested in following God's word, so off I go. He ended up in the belly of a whale, and then he repented. But then what happened? He went back to that word. The word came to him again. You know, sometimes I, I so I, I go on regular retreats every, every month, and, and, some, and I take a book, I write down what God tells me, and sometimes when I go the month after, the Holy Spirit, so I ask God, okay, what, what now? And he points me to what he told me the month before because I haven't, I haven't done it. So the course that he set out for me, I needed to do certain things, but I hadn't done them. So he can't move me on. So we need to find out. And again, if, if your lifestyle doesn't involve you hearing from God and writing down, you know, I want to encourage you to change that lifestyle. I want to encourage you to start to write down what God tells you, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit, listen out for God's word. He will speak to you. We're going through these changes, and in these changes, he will speak to you. He will speak to us. Amen? So obey the last instructions. Verse 4, and we've already read this, this scripture today. The, sorry, point 4. God in your heart. Seven steps. Step four, how to know what's next? Guard your heart. Let's put up Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. We've read this a few times to, today. With, um, we were led in prayer, and this was one of the scriptures that, that, that was, was read. The Bible says, keep and guard your heart with all village vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Another translation says, out of it flows the issues of life. Why is it important to guard your heart? Um, I'll share another personal story. So I, I have three children by God's grace, and I have um, as all the Connect Group leaders who know that um, one of the children is called my pension baby, the, the youngest. And my wife, bless her, did not like animals. Well, sorry, not animals. She loves animals. Sorry. My wife loves animals. Let's get that on record. She loves animals. She didn't like dogs. She, she had a phobia for dogs because of something that had happened when she was younger. And my daughter 
God bless her, she understands certain things, um, probably based on watching her mom. We say that we serve a God who answers prayer, right? So what did this young child do? She prayed. I'm telling you, she prayed that she wanted a dog. What did we do? We got her year after year a toy dog. She continued praying, persistence in prayer. And eventually, her mom's heart started changing. And guess what? We have a small dog called Snowy now, which is still amazing for me. But what's the point? There was an ad, there was, there was just uh, the fact that we, we garrisoned our hearts in God's word. We did not allow ourselves to be stuck, but my wife didn't allow herself to be stuck in, in a lifestyle where fear, which was the, the, the truth is, it was a fear of what could happen. If you guard your heart, if you ensure that your heart is guarded, you create an atmosphere where only God's truth is supreme. No lies can live, and no, there's no lifestyle of, of doubt. You just have to open yourself up to God. You have to just trust God. You have to just allow the Holy Spirit to, to put the, the fountain that he wants in you so that everywhere, your whole family, your whole environment is, is, is just filled with, with God's grace, God's presence, God's trust. Point five. Creating an atmosphere and a lifestyle of worship. This is um, just leading on from that last point. And I want to read the book of Romans chapter 12, reading from verse 1 to 6. Romans 12, 1 to 6. And this is a very, uh, I would say, very popular scripture. It talks about the transformation of, of minds, but it, it, it speaks to, to, to so much more. Um. There, there were two scripture references I had for this. I'm not going to read the first one. I'm just going to reference it because we know it. Second, the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 21 to 22, where Jehoshaphat led the children of Israel and they worshipped God, and and then there was victory. But that was outward worship, you know, praising God. But this speaks to the deep meaning of worship. And I'm going to read, starting from verse 2. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. For by the grace, unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly. And, and verse, verse 4 talks about being where one physical body, many, many parts. But I want to just break the myth. Um, and there, there are people better than me that can do this. But when we think about worship, a lifestyle of worship, we think about, you know, praise and worship songs. We sing all these nice. Did you guys get the same feeling, right? No? No? Okay. Who thinks, let me, just a show of hands. When I think, speak about worship, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? If it's worship songs, lift your hand up. Okay? If it is how you treat your husband or wife or your work colleague or the person that serves you in 
Tesco. Lift your hand up. Okay, there are a few. A worship lifestyle is more than the songs you sing. And if you want to know what's next, you need to live a lifestyle of worship. You need to have a lifestyle of worship. You need to sing the songs, but you need to worship in your heart and in your mind. Amen? The sixth point. We're talking about seven steps and signs to know what's next. Point six. Prayer. The book of Luke, chapter 18. Reading, I'm going to just read a couple of, of verses in, in this. So, verse 1 says, Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they, always, they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. And verse 6, verse 7 says, And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night. Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the son of man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? How do you know what's next? You know, Pastor Agu is always talking about the fact that we are a praying church. But do we follow that lifestyle? Do we pray? Because guess what? For the Holy Spirit to tell you what's next, for God to reveal to you what's next, for him to show you how to navigate the chaos that the earth has, the, the, the uniquenesses of the cost of living crisis. And you know the beauty of things having a name and a tag, you know, cost of living crisis, everybody's heard of it. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So even the cost of living crisis must bow. Amen. And pastors already shared the scripture earlier about Goshen. So we know that as people of faith, we're not bound by circumstances and situations, but we're bound by the course that God has for us. Amen. Say to the person, what's next? And say, well, prayer is next. Amen. And I, my, my, my last point, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to, and I, I want us to spend some time, just a few minutes, just, just praying. because, And this seventh point speaks to that. The seventh point on how, you know, the signs and the steps to know what's next, just do it. Just do it. Act. Step out. Implement what God has said to you. Implement what you know the Holy Spirit is moving you to do. Be kind to that person. Do the things that you know that must be done. Pray, and we're going to pray. Create that atmosphere of worship. Obey the last instruction. Get the specific instructions from, from God's, from the Holy Spirit. And study his word. Amen. Amen. Just... Just before we, we pray, and, and again, I'm going to invite you all to, to join me as we pray. I'm going to share. There, there are a group of guys that, that I, I pray with on a monthly basis. And one of the guys had this, um, this I won't call it a revelation, but he, he had this epiphany. And I'm just going to read it. I tried to paraphrase, but I thought it would be better if I just read it exactly. And, and basically, the guy said, I want us to re-strategize. We have access to so much intelligence and we do not connect the dots and use it for our benefit and God's glory. 
basically the Holy Spirit says to me, we are sleeping. Sleeping not physically, but a combination of mind, body, soul, and spirit. If we have market intelligence or advanced research on the health or prospects of a company, what would we do? We would invest in it and reap a reward. We must begin to combine the breadth of intelligence across the spirit, soul, body, mind, and come together for God's purposes, which include four things. Being watchmen over the city. Being custodians of the Joshua generation, our children, but in, in our case, it is, it is the people that God has placed under our care, whoever they are. Causing, effecting, delivering the change, transformation, and shining light in, an, in our area of influence, our families, communities, our neighborhood, our churches, our organizations. And point four, holding the line and pushing God's agenda forward. Amen? I'm going to ask us to rise. And I want us to spend a few minutes. And I want us to bring God's word to him. And I want us to act. Say to the person next to you, what's next? We're going to pray. That's the first step that's next. And I pray that God takes this word and, and, and encourages us and challenges us to just push into his presence, to bring his agenda down, to play our part on the course that he has set for us. You all have a role to play. And if we all play that role, God's revival over the nations will come quick. Amen? Let us pray. Just bring to God whatever he has told you and what you know he wants you to bring to him. Praying for your, your families, your communities, for the next door neighbor. Praying that he will give you the strength to take the word that you have put, that he has put in you, the instructions, and to, to just do them. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Father, for your word to us. We thank you, Father, Lord, for continuing to speak to us to minister to us for your written word lord we thank you father for the instructions you give to us father father for teaching us about the heart father lord we are grateful father for all that you've done for us we are grateful for the specific course that you have set for us and lord we ask lord god that by your grace you will give us the strength the power lord to push to act to step out in faith lord god to obey you to just bring your presence lord god oh father lord god and i want to i want to pray for you if if you've not given your life to Christ yet, if, you've, if you don't have a relationship with this God that we, we, we've just talked about, who, who has prepared our hearts, who gives us specific instructions, if you don't know this Christ, I want to pray with you now. I want, I want this to be your now moment to act, to step out. To release your heart to him. Father Lord, we thank you, Lord God, 
for all those, Lord, online and in this hall, Lord, who are coming to you in this moment, Lord God. Father, we thank you for their lives. We thank you, Father, as they commit, Lord God, to get engaged in this changing of the God moment. To get instructions from you about what's next, Lord God. I ask that your spirit guides them, leads them, and fills them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If, if, if that was you and you're online or you're here and you've, you've just come to Christ, there's a, there's a code on the screen. There'll be a link if you're online. Just click that. We want to connect with you. We want to pray with you as you start this journey, as you, as you start to walk in the grace and the wisdom of God. There's a song that the choir is just going to sing and, and we're just going to worship and continue praying just for a couple of moments before we, we, we receive the, the offering today. And it talks about Yeshua, our Lord and our God. sense that there's someone, I don't know if you're here in auditorium or listening online, and half of what I said went over your head because you just don't, you feel as if God has forgotten you. But this song is speaking directly to your situation because God loves you. He just wants you to just trust him as you ask him what's next he will speak to you for you what's next is receiving God's love and that assurance that you are his child you are the apple of his eye he has not forgotten you amen he has not forgotten you amen amen